And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Tuesday morning here in Columbus. Well, it was nice yesterday at least. Uh, Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Tom Reed is here. Hello. And because it's never, never quite enough, uh, we have a guest with us tonight. Jeff Svoboda of the Blue Jackets, bluejackets.com. Formerly sports editor of the Toledo Blade, uh, this guy's this guy has served his time. Lifelong Columbus sports fan, Cleveland sports fan, um, and has been a great addition to the local Blue Jackets media this season. Uh, Bodes, hello, Porty. How are you? Doing good. How'd you hit him last night? Yesterday? Um, not particularly well, if we're being honest. So uh, I'm glad to be off uh, off the course and now uh, joining you guys. Well, I, I like that you're still golfing, and I was wondering if you were practicing social distancing. I always do on the golf course because no one hits the bloody ball where I do. Um, <laughs> way off to the right, way off to the left, shorter than hell. That's why I'm never out there anymore. But thanks for being with us. It'll be good to have you in on the discussion. And uh, blue, nothing quite moving on with the NHL season. The players are still hanging around, taking care of themselves, staying in like good boys, we assume. Uh, the league has, has been uh, pretty quiet for a while now. An interesting story today. Tom Reed passed this along to us. Um, and, in fact, I may even have Tom sort of illuminate it for us. I've got some thoughts on it. But, Tom, tell us the story that The Athletic published today about what, what may be being contemplated in the soccer world. And then we'll later extrapolate it to, to how this could apply or not apply to the NHL. Yeah, it's on, it's on our, our website today. Uh, and the basically... FIFA, the governing body of world soccer, 
seems to be dug in on they are going to extend this season, the 2019-2020 football season, indefinitely. Now, for, for people that don't follow world soccer, especially European soccer, they run on pretty much the same kind of timetable as the NBA and the NHL. In other words, their season starts, in their case, is late in the summer and then uh, ends in, in like mid-May, mid-late May. And they are to the point now where they're, they're going to finish it somehow, even if it extends way into the summer. Uh, part of it is, I think, uh, broadcast concerns in the sense just in England alone in the Premier League, which has 20 teams, uh, they would have to maybe pay back almost a billion dollars uh, uh, to the broadcasters uh, because of uh, money, uh, you know, broadcast loss and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of similar in the NHL where with the NFL, everyone's kind of on the same level, right? It's kind of very, very socialistic society. Everyone kind of gets the same type of money. There aren't local TV rights. We're in the NHL and in, certainly in soccer, there are haves and have-nots financially. So it, it, it's, it's, it's fairly interesting there. I, 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 but this story runs on a day where, uh, well, it ran yesterday, but at a time where Boris Johnson, the prime minister in England, has now been hospitalized for the coronavirus. And also Pep Guardiola, uh, the manager of Manchester uh, City, famous Manchester, his mother died of, of COVID-19. So uh, again, I think that reality sets into that this is still a long way away, but I think it's very interesting to see if, if, if either the NHL or NBA would, would consider it. I still don't think that, I think, I still think that the season's over in both sports, but uh, this is an interesting uh, alternative and an interesting twist in Europe. Now, Tom, let me ask you, is there an, is there any sort of point where this no longer for them makes sense is this literally indefinite in other words if this goes through the summer where they still can't because i understand some teams don't want to play without fans some fans are okay with it but if they can't get together at all this summer and this does this carry on theoretically into winter even to next spring again this is just again uh, this is what we uh what the athletic had yesterday uh, yeah. They've an indefinite extension of the season. Uh, again, I think part of this too is maybe there's this whole idea of relegation and promotion. You have another tournament, the Champions League in Europe, that that plays on, which has a lot. You know, they're they're right in the middle of the tournament. Imagine this. Imagine this happening in the NHL in the second round of the playoffs. Right. We've we've gotten through two rounds and now everything kind of stopped. Uh, so they're dealing with that. They, they, but the soccer is already postponed. Uh, which the club level, or I'm sorry, the national level Euro Cup this year. This was supposed to be 2020 Euro Cup. We see this with a lot of things. The Olympics have been moved back a year. And they're doing the same thing. So they're trying to get the runway as long as possible. And they're, they're saying that they will move back the transfer window, which we would kind of what liken to maybe free agency yeah. here. And, of course, the NHL has already kind of mentioned this kind of stuff, that uh, some of this stuff, the draft is, is kind of, everything's kind of on the table. Uh, I still think it's, like you said, and we could still be sitting here in September with with no sports. But right. uh, it is very interesting that they are they have they seem committed to somehow finishing that season uh, at some point in the coming six months. Yeah. So I mean, you apply this to the NHL, and it's not a perfect fit. FIFA 
is is not the NHL. FIFA is much larger than the NHL. FIFA would be the governing body of all hockey, if you want to draw the the comparison. So the sure. NHL is just a league within that. They don't have the kind of resources, the global resources that FIFA does. That's one issue. But it gets me thinking, and the more you talk to people around the league, and I know the league is reluctant to, to go there, and they should, frankly, because there's no sense throwing this stuff out there in their positions unless you know. But I don't, I don't say, I, I don't know anybody who thinks that this is reasonable, that this is going to be cleared up in enough time to finish this season in any way that doesn't just look perversely unreal and unnatural and not legitimate. And I, for me, a lot of people I talk to, the wonder is not can they finish this season, but can they start next season on time? Now, the, the league does not have the finances to take a year off. But you wonder if, if this goes into winter and it's still a situation where teams can't bring 15,000, 18,000 fans together, could the NHL just basically start back up again in the dead of winter if it's cleared by then, if there's a vaccine by January or February and essentially just finish this season, 2019, make it the 2019-21 season, if you will, and just pick up where it left off in in late February, early March next year, play the playoffs, and that is that season. None of this works perfectly. There's no remedy to any of this that's going to make sense for every team. I'm just spitballing. If you do it that way, the Detroit Red Wings play 10 games in the span of two years because they would play 10 games, have no playoffs, and be off again until the fall. None of it's ideal. Allison, your thoughts on, on this. Uh, is there any part of this that applies to the NHL that you think is – uh, intriguing or may at some point be intriguing if it comes to it? Uh, no. I mean, for me, I think that <laughs> at, at this point, it, it, if this season cannot be completed <clears throat> before the quote-unquote usual start of what next season would be, this is what this season was. I just think that there's too many variables in terms of finance, in terms of roster, in terms of trades, in terms of drafting. I think it's an unfair extension of the whole thing and and i think that if if we hit let's say even june and there's no plan to play out the rest of this season then this season is over and now the discussion is when does the 2021 season begin yeah and so even in in your opinion if the 2021 season can't start until next the dead of winter in other words not september or october november that deep is that okay too, and at any point, would you consider just going to a different model or not? Oh, I mean, we've done it before, right? Yeah. <laughs> it happened. It happened a couple yeah. of years ago. So For yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that uh, yes, it would just have to be a whole new season, and and your goal is to operate within the traditional confines of what a season is, yeah. whether it's eighty-two games or forty games or thirty games, and you go from there. Bodes, your thoughts on this? How how important is it to get something out of this season? How worried are you about the start of next season? What are you, what thoughts are are kicking through your mind? Is the uh, we certainly have a lot of time to think these days, all of us. <laughs> that is uh, very true, and and the, <clears throat> the hardest part is we're just dealing with such incomplete information at this point. Is that we really don't know what the world's going to look like? I mean, we don't know what the world's going to look like in two weeks, let alone by May, by June, by August, by October. And so, I mean, these decisions in a lot of ways will kind of be made for us. I think as 
uh, you know, pe- the virus kind of progresses and we kind of figure out, you know, where things are as a society, uh, you know, well outside of hockey, uh, is these things kind of go, but you know, obviously, it's hard to imagine a world right now where people get back together in the very near future, and and you know, there's fifteen, eighteen, twenty thousand people in an arena uh, in that scenario. So it's but the thing that I that I hope is at least interesting, and I hope uh, that it's the thing that is fun to kind of talk about this stuff. Not maybe not fun, but at least um, I hope that there is some creativity maybe on the table. That if you know whatever yeah. scenario. You have to go in whatever the cards are dealt uh, by things outside of hockey. Uh, you know, this is a chance, and I, I've kind of said this before, and I don't know what the answer will be, and, but, you know, the NHL kind of has a chance, as does every other professional sport, to maybe do something, some things a little bit differently than they would have traditionally done because, you know, I think the 82-game season, you know, the 16-team playoff has worked so well for so long, but if you're in a scenario where you have to shorten up a playoff or you have to shorten a season or you get deep into it and have to maybe do, you know, you don't start up until – winter again as you're kind of talking about whatever the answer ends up being uh you know i I hope that there's maybe some creativity there and and you figure out a way to to somehow make the fans happy through all this and you know i I heard the nba talking about doing like a virtual horse competition where like guys are in their homes gyms like you know can the nhl do something along those lines with trick i'm just throwing things out there but you know are there fun things that could be done because you know you know no one knows what the answer is going to be when this is all said and done and and i'm not speaking from a, a perspective knowing any more than anyone else but you know, are, are there ways to be creative with this and, and make it work for as many people as possible? And uh, once we know a lot more, I think we can kind of put some of those solutions on the table because, uh, th- you know, the answer, I think, will come more from from what happens in the world more so than what happens in, in hockey. But, it, you know, uh, we, we will see. It, it's tough to imagine, you know, if it does go into, you know, next year, next winter, as we're kind of talking about, then, you know, picking up with the sabbatical kind of idea that you're talking about, I think would have to maybe be on the table then. But uh, until we get down the road, it's so hard to answer it. But I guess that's maybe why it's so interesting to talk about right now as well. Yeah. And it, it, it's really interesting to me how, however this is settled, whatever makes sense. And I do think the league is going to, the league and the PE together will come up with the most reasonable way. I, I do have confidence in them to that degree. But things are going to have to be worked out uh, between the PA and the league, no matter what. There's no way it's wrapped up by July 1st, unless they get started really soon here. So what do you do with guys with expiring contracts? There's going to have to be some waivers there. What do you do for teams that made trades uh, based on uh, with uh, conditions to them? If so-and-so plays eight games, we get this pick, right? What do you do with guys that are due bonuses? Pierre-Luc Dubois is at 18 goals. If he hits 20, he gets a huge bonus. I think it's 212,000. Now, do you, do you, uh, he hasn't missed a game, so that's an easy adjustment to make. Do you just prorate the goals he scored, in which case he does get the bonus? But if you do that, if that's deemed fair for those guys, that, that seems easy enough to me, just prorate it. But what do you do with the, the junior league player that's played nine games? And he's played nine games specifically because his team doesn't want him to play a 10th game and kick in the first year of his entry-level deal. So do you just prorate his games played too? In which case, he's over 10 games, and now that that year's kicked in. It's these kind of things. The one hope I have is that coming out of this and recognizing the situation in the desperate times, that maybe the NHL and the PA – could start to find a relationship uh, in kind where not everything has to be leveraged, not everything has to be acrimonious, that that they could sort of rise to this moment and find a pathway to 
to some sort of uh, better relationship that avoids those goddamn work stoppages that seem to pop every every time this this sucker comes up. Uh, Seth Jones skated uh, over the weekend. Yes, that's right. That sounds like such a normal thing to say. We haven't said it in so long. Seth <laughs> Jones skated this weekend. Um, Allison, my God, that ju- that's a little glimmer. I don't know what the hell it means because he's not playing anytime soon. Nobody is. That's a glimmer of hope and a, and a bit of a bright sign, is it not? Well, as Jeff knows, I'm an expert in diagnosing ankle injuries. Oh. Um, <laughs> this sounds like so, an inside <clears throat> story. She was so close on mine when I broke my uh, my fibula, but, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll tell that story after we answer it. Well, Jeff can tell the story. Um, but, uh, I mean, I th- look, it's a good sign, particularly because Seth had said that, you know, his training kind of, or his recouping actually kind of eased off a little bit since they knew even the minute play stopped that there was probably going to be a little bit more time. But it's great news to see that he is on track. It is, of course, great news to see that he is healthy. Um, And if we could transport ourselves to Earth 2, as Dom Lushishin is calling it, with his simulations, the, the Blue Jackets made the playoffs. In fact, they made it securely earlier than they did last year. No um, problem. Secured a spot, so... It, it is nice to see that in a, in a world right now where there's so much uncertainty, just that comfort of, of seeing something good happen and something you wanted to see happen happen is, is a nice positive. And Jeff, you can now tell my embarrassing story. Yes, please. <laughs> um, this would have been about uh, seven years ago. Uh, in 2013, Allison and I were on the same uh, rec league hockey team. I was uh, a captain. Pl- yeah, you were the captain playing at the Chillers here, and uh, I, I took an unfortunate tumble into the boards, um, and I ended up having to go to the uh, emergency room to have my leg checked on, and uh, we're sitting there waiting for the results of the x-rays, and uh, literally the second, you know, at one point, Allison says, you know, at least we're glad it's not broken. Now, I don't know exactly how she could come <laughs> to the conclusion that it wasn't broken, uh, but literally as these words escape her mouth, the doctor walks in with the x-ray that shows my fibula is in three different pieces. Uh, and so it was just the timing was exquisite out of Allison. So and it, I ended up having surgery and rehab with the, a lot of the same doctors that Seth had. So I guess you know, we'll always have that bond, Seth and I. But um, was, the timing was impeccable, though, I must say, out of Allison a couple years ago. Secure my analysis. Did it affect your speed when you came back? Um, it couldn't have gotten worse. Uh, it's still, pr- it's still pretty poor, I must say. So, yeah. <laughs> well, of, of course, when Seth Jones comes back to skate and, and I communicated with Oliver Bergster in the last couple of days, he, he has slowed as Allison mentioned with Seth, he slowed down his, the pace. These guys are on that must get back, must get back mode. And once the season went kaput or pause, however you want to put it, um, it all slowed and they started taking it the, the best, most reasonable way possible playing the long game the smart game uh bjorkstrand's just now putting weight on his ankle he's a, a ways away from skating uh but he looks like he's he's going to be in fine shape too and we'll try to get you some more injury news as we continue to do these podcasts it's hard to come by these years these these days because there's literally nothing going on at the rink and these guys aren't too excited to talk about injuries anyways um but tom when when seth jones skates part of me is saying boy you know this he he skated the day that the season would have ended uh for the blue jackets but again as allison said he would have been cranking at a much higher rate and he wanted to be back for the playoffs that's just one of the many storylines that have been capsized by this season's um premature stop what 
what and, and it, the feeling of this is so unfortunate because it just feels like somebody broke up with you without telling you they just stopped showing up and you can't get any information it just ended so abruptly tom what are you missing what storyline is going to bug you forever if the blue jackets aren't able to come back and and continue to play this season well i mean again you just they worked so hard uh missed so many players and to you know if, if they would have gotten into the playoffs and to get these guys back and you wrote uh yesterday about cam atkinson i think he would have been he was like he was ready to come back into the lineup against pittsburgh the night the that game they got, got yeah yeah, the right. game they got – so, you know, they they all year have been fighting all these injuries, and it would have been very interesting to see what this team would have been like at full strength. Um, you know, if they could have really put together a run, or you saw Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh was like, ah, wait until we get everybody back. We're going to – you know, we're going great guns here with all these kids up from the minors. And Pittsburgh came back, and they were like, eh, we're yeah. okay. Uh, now again, it wasn't the playoffs, but they they just they weren't anywhere close to being uh, on a roll with the way they were when they had guys out of the lineup. But I do think that's the thing that would bother people if the season does come to an end. That what would this have really looked like going into the, if if this team had made the playoffs and getting guys back in the lineup and finally being healthy? Allison, what do you miss the most? <sighs> yeah, I mean it. it what I miss the most is just the, the routine of it. I mean, I think yeah. it's, it, heck, it was it was our job. So it's you know it's just the routine of it and and being around guys and even now as things come to mind, like you said, there's not even really access to talk to people or ask questions about things that you're thinking and it just I think that's it. And I, I'm with Tom. I, if this season was just set up to be such a great story for the Blue Jackets and well, they accomplished enough in and of itself, I think, to to see it out would have been really cool for this group. Yeah. I mean, I'm kicking around. How many goals does does uh, Wierenski have? 20. Yeah. I mean, how would he, How many would yeah. he have if they kept going, right? Does he get to 25? Who knows? Who's the goalie down the stretch for this team and in the playoffs? Merzlikens, Corpusalo. Bodes, what uh, what bothers you? What are you what's going to haunt you if this thing never gets completed? You just named two interesting ones right there. I think the Zach thing really would have been fun to watch because he was getting up there in the uh, the territory where not a lot of defensemen had been over the last couple of years. And so to, to see, yeah, would he have gotten to 25 or, you know, somewhere in that vicinity? I mean, that, that, as far as the defenseman goal scoring goes anymore, I mean, those are elite numbers. And so it would have been interesting to see where he had gone. But, you know, the, obviously the main thing just is, you know, would this team have been able to make the playoffs? I mean, that's the story every year. But with everything they went through injury-wise and all the adversity that hit them, uh, it would have been an incredible accomplishment for this team to make the playoffs. And I think that they would have been dangerous. You know, you know. obviously I keep saying would have been as though it's over. We don't know where this is going to yeah. go. But right. um, it, it would be a feather in the cap of this organization to have gone through everything that they went through in this season. And, and for the players and for the coaching staff and for everyone involved, uh, to overcome the adversity that they would have had to have overcome uh, to be playing playoff hockey right now if we were back in a perfect world uh, would have been really something. And to do it four years in a row, which is a very high strata of NHL teams. There is not a lot of you know teams that have done that uh, over this last little stretch. You know, I think there was only seven that have made it three years in a row. 
So <clears throat> some of those might have fallen off, and you know that would have been really kind of rare company for this franchise to to be in if they were uh, if, if we were playing playoff, getting ready for playoff hockey right now. So uh, you know Nick Foligno kind of said on that the the Zoom chat with uh, Andrews Lee and PK Subban and Alex Ovechkin, you know he didn't want to see the story end because uh, you know this team could have accomplished a lot coming down the stretch, which is why he wants to see you know them play be able to play some hockey. And I, I kind of agree with him. I think you know even making the playoffs would have been an incredible accomplishment uh, yep. and will be if this ever gets started again so uh you know this team kind of deserves just to see uh that ending happen uh whatever it may be so uh, i guess that's kind of why you know <clears throat> i don't want to sit here and, and kind of you know throw the season away yet just because again we don't know what's going to happen in the world but you know this this team deserves i think a, a, a an ending to what the story whatever it might be that's not great yeah please one point in this of course just, just is exactly what you're what you're talking about and you mentioned the goalies I think the other thing this this loss and all of this is just what how how either it was Corpusalo or Merzlikens would have handled the incredible first of all if the season had gone on continuing uh, where it was you know who was going to take the reins and just the idea of, right. of of the front office getting to see both of those guys in just massive games you know games that they had to win with those teams you remember the Islanders kind of right there. Rangers a couple points back, whatever, Carolina in the hunt. You know, every game would have been kind of almost like a playoff game down the stretch. And then if you get in, you give one or both of those guys some playoff experience because neither one of them, obviously Merlikens doesn't have it, and but neither really I don't think Corpy had either. So that's another point that uh, when, you're, when you're trying to, we're talking about what's the goaltending going to look like in the future, this would have been a great or still could be, as Jeff says, could still be a, a big, big, big thing for the team to get a judge on what these guys are like when it's really pressure time. Yeah, and what what a what an accomplishment for this team after all that they lost last year through free agency to get back, but also to do it four years in a row. Like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember looking last summer how many teams made it three years in a row, how many teams had made it four years in a row, active long playoff streaks, and it's crazy how short that list is. Uh, if they would have made it a fourth year in a row, there are not that many teams that that have done that currently. Of course, that makes the Red Wings streak that they wrapped up uh, seem all that much more incredible. But well, that's what you were talking about, Jeff. Right? How many teams did three? Yeah, I think it was seven teams. Right now, have a three game, okay. a three year streak, and the Blue Jackets are obviously one of them. And seven. I think some of those were probably going to fall off this year. So yeah, if you could, yep. if they could, could keep it going, that would really again, it puts you right in the upper echelon of of franchises, really, with you know, kind of developing a winning culture. And it, it, it seems like it's the same teams every year. Like, you wouldn't expect it to be seven out of the 16. That, that to me, is crazy. Um, uh, this is a story Pierre Lebrun had uh, earlier this week that Seattle is getting close. The NHL expansion franchise is getting close to picking a team name. Now, there's a lot of cities, and I love my city, Columbus, but this is not an easy city to come up with a nickname for. Um, as we've said many times, it was Blue Jackets, or it was the Columbus Justice. Those were the two choices that the Blue Jackets were allowed to, well, the now Blue Jackets were allowed to choose from. Um, I think they made the right choice. Uh, but as for Seattle, there have been names kicked around. The Kraken is uh, apparently a lot of people's favorites. Uh, anybody have thoughts on where Seattle should go? I think that's a pretty rich area uh, for nicknames. Uh, but I'm wondering if you guys have a favorite, and maybe we can kick around some of the some of the weird names that are that are out there. Anybody? 
Well, I mean, Kraken's the odds-on favorite, right? I mean, that's yeah. what we all th- and and I love it. I think it's fantastic, and I think it's what an interesting time for them because they get to operate. They're they're at normal speed. They're still able to do exactly what they said they were going to be doing this time of year with their evaluation right. and building up their staff. So, I think I think it's a very interesting time to watch them and see how they handle it and. I'm here for crazy Kraken and just embrace the heck out of it and just totally go there with all their branding and color schemes and everything. What about totems? I I think you have to be very, very careful when you're talking about indigenous people and, and handling that properly. I I think, I think Kraken's, I think a better (laughs) option. No, I'm not certainly voting for totems that apparently according to there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the Bovada odds is by it's the heavy favorite, the totems. Uh the emeralds has been mentioned, the Rainiers, uh, the Sockeyes. Hmm. That could be fun. The Renegades, not a big fan of. Well, the problem with the Sockeyes is there's that not series of novels that are about a and the yes. NHL team named the Sockeyes and they'd have to get the clearance from the author to be able to use that. So I don't and know sh- if that's yeah, the road sh- they want to go. And which, which I is think an it, incredible er- thing to be and battling it with but anyway <laughs> right but the early <laughs> indications is she's not that excited about just giving it away is she i don't think so so it'd be yeah i'm not sure yeah. that the nhl wants to fight that fight yeah um sea lions no that's terrible seals awful is it yes i don't mind well, seals. seals the seals failed once in the nhl already, well that's so that there's that yes karma. uh there's the whales which is a little too close to whalers yeah the Evergreens? That's a name that never gets tired, does it? That's not good. Mm. I don't like that at <laughs> all. Sorry. That was a joke. I, uh, Cougars? I like Eagles? I must say, I, ah. I like Evergreens out of this group. Jeff, I, I no. Krakens just doesn't. Kraken just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I'm, it just doesn't. It doesn't come off the tongue. It just Where's your really joy? For me. You have no joy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair concern, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, as I look, and none of them just jump off the page. I'm, I'm looking at the same list uh, that Porty's looking at. I, I, none of them just make me crazy. Now, one thing I will say, this, I'm going to get full nerd here, uh, if, if you allow me to do this. But when I was you're gonna a kid. Get, you're going to get yeah, that? <coughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I am. When, when I was a kid, I would, like, love to create, like, fake teams and, like, draw, like, what I thought their logo and their, like, visual identity should be because I've always been a big uniform slash logos guy. Uh, guy. Yep. And when, when I was a kid, I created an NHL team called the Seattle Sounds. But unfortunately, nice. you couldn't you couldn't go that way anymore. You know, Puget right. Sound obviously is the uh, reference there, but you have the sure. Sounders and the MLS, so I think that one's off the table. But uh, the, I thought when I was a kid that would be a really good name, but I think it's better than Kraken. But I just don't think they can go down that way that that road at this point. I'm buying you every single piece of Kraken merchandise <laughs> and putting it all over your cube and like all over where you sit and everything. Hey, that's I'm going that, free merch. I'm in. I'm going Sean Kemp here. Call him the Rain Man. That's terrible. <laughs> the Seattle Rain Man. You're, that makes me think of a movie. It's, I'm just telling you for Sean Kemp. I just all for Sean Kemp. And you could use Sean Kemp as the logo. The oh my uh, god. The, the the year coming off, and it's just the same thing. They're coming off of time off. They could have him like at 315 pounds when he came back and joined the Cavs. The Seattle no. Rain Man. Here's a, this is a thought I've had for many years, and I think I may have this may have percolated and come to the surface on my way home from the rink in the early days of the Blue Jackets, when many nights were spent defending the nickname to other writers or fans from other cities, whatever. 
And and here's my thought, and I stand by it. I think this is a hell of an argument. It's only gotten better through time. Every nickname you come up with now sucks. Yeah. And it sucks bad. So imagine, strip your mind of everything you know, and you're going to start a baseball team in Boston, Massachusetts. And you say, let's do, what about red? Ah, socks. But we'll spell it with an X. You'd get laughed off the bar stool. You would. That's a stupid yes. effing name. And X, get the out of here. That's stupid, right? Yeah. And oh, now it's a you're legendary abs- name. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And it's like even like Red Wings. Like now, you would never if you created Silly. a team in Detroit. Yeah, you would never call them the Red Wings. You just yes. you just wouldn't. There are no Penguins in Pittsburgh. What the hell is that? Yeah, you you Penguins. Call, you probably wouldn't call them the New York Rangers if we're being honest. They'd have to have what some the hell other. Is that? Yeah, they'd be the Gothams or something like that. Or the, yes. Well, everybody wants to be an animal now too, because you have to have that sort of intimidating looking animal as your mascot. I feel like. Yeah, except the Cobains. The Cobains. <laughs> How about the Seattle oh, Cobains? Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Wow. What about the Grungies? The Grungers. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. What about the if, if we're gonna and if we're gonna name it after Sean Kemp, we should just name him after the first family of Seattle, the Cranes, Fraser Crane, Niles oh, Crane. Where, you know, call them the yes. Seattle Cranes. This is all I terrible. It. I love it. The, the, the Rain City are... Cranes. How about that? Rain City Cranes. It rhymes. It's That's perfect. Awful. That is yes. awful. Oh. <laughs> the headlines coming out of this games in that city are going to be brutal too. Because you know, editors are going to have a ball with sleepless in Seattle. They are. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's for sure. Well, but yeah, here's the see I don't see, and all these references y'all are making too. Oh, these do not no. these do not relay to younger audiences. <laughs> so I don't know how many of these are actually even relevant. So I don't know. Does, I mean, does Kraken? But Kraken's like gloriously cheesy and wonderful. It's it's timeless and it's in its essence. What the hell well, it's is alcohol? It? It's the thing. It's like the multi, multi. It's a mythological. Armed. Yes, it's yeah. wonderful. It's so like an octopus. Yes. But the octopus. No, you can't do that because the Red Wings already have the purple octopus. How about the squid? The Seattle squid. Well, no, the point is, it's related to the area. <laughs> oh God. Are, are there krakens in Seattle? Or yes, I... Jeff. There are tons. Oh well, I guess I didn't huh. know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, so I wrote a piece for, uh, when the hell was that? I have no idea what today is. There are no dates. There are no months. I think it was late last week. About the next wave of forwards that are coming to, to uh, Columbus. And I think I think the, the um, there will be changes all over the ice. Of course, there's going to be, a, a, at some point, Corpus Allo or Merzlikens is going to be traded. There's going to be a new backup. At some point, they're going to make some moves along the blue line. So that's going to filter. But those, I think we know who's, who are the anchors of each of those spots? What's changing dramatically almost before our eyes is the forward group. Um, you saw Texier, Bemstrom, Robinson come in this year. Next year, the if whenever this starts, we should couch all of this. Uh, the, 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 the clear assumption is that Liam Foody is going to step in uh, as a regular. And then on the slightly further horizon, and this always gets here sooner than we think it's going to, uh, are two Russian players. Uh, there is Dmitry Voronkov, who will be here not next season, but the next. And then there is Kirill Marchenko, who will be here the season after that. Two more years in Russia for Marchenko. Um, Voronkov is a big power center, competitive as hell, decent skill, but not game-breaking skill. 
Marchenko is a finesse player, but game-breaking skill. These are, in the minds of most, including the Blue Jacket scouts, these are for sure NHL players, especially Marchenko, who is seen as a top-line forward. Um, Allison, your thoughts on this forward group and what it looks like now and how potentially huge the turnover could be for this group and the infusion of skill much needed skill i think uh, as these next couple of years play out yeah i mean i think it's it's quite exciting and i think it speaks to you know assuming i know marchenko is one that we've kind of wanted to make sure has the intention to come across the pond if you will but yep. uh i think it speaks to a really well-built strategy of just continuing to reload the lineup. I mean, as much as we, it's crazy to me that Cam Atkinson is now an older player. I mean, I yep. remember him coming to, coming into the organization. So I, it's, I think there is going to be significant turnover. I think that it's in some ways necessary. And I think it's again, just the ongoing evolution and the ongoing deepening of building this organization the right way that this is how it goes is that there's always fresh new talent, good, fresh new talent coming up and as Torts and others like to say, pushing and competing from from below, if you will, to, to find their space and make the club better. Tom, they need skill, yeah. Oh, without question. That's the they've got to they've got to figure it out. And you know, we're talking a couple years down the line. Uh, they've got to find it before that. I mean, this is this is there's no question. What you wrote about is very relevant because you've got to bring some guys up at some point. But they're you know. As Jeff mentioned, they could have been in the playoffs for a fourth time. One thing that's going to get old here quickly, and, and we can't believe I'm saying this in 2020 when we started doing podcasts years ago, but just getting to the playoffs isn't going to be enough. Getting one Correct. round is not going to be enough. And you're not getting deep in the playoffs unless you start building some players at forward. They, they're really good at defense. We think they're going to be good at goaltending with, their, with all they have in, in the system and what they have in the NHL now. But you can't win. You can't go four rounds by just just clamping down in games. It works in the regular season, and it'll, it'll win you some playoff games. But you've got to have some game breakers, and they're going to have to find that. And they have to hope one of these guys pans out as that. But I think they're going to need it before then. And one thing we, we've said, Jeff, we, you and I have joked about this at the rink before. This team is so young, and the prospects seem to be – so bright in terms of skill and talent coming with Texier, Bemstrom. I believe in that kid after what I've seen from him. Robinson looks like a difference-making third-line type guy. Uh, the, it's the top six that's really, really hard to find. Marchenko appears to be that. Um, Bjorkstrand has emerged as a as a bona fide goal scorer now. It, at some point, this thing has to be allowed to mature and grow from within and go for it rather than just continually being the youngest team in the league with a bright future. It is almost hard to believe how many years in a row they've been the, either the youngest team in the league or close to being the youngest team in the league. But I guess, you know, when you added two 20-year-olds to the forward group this year in uh, Bemstrom uh, and Texier, that was, it was probably bound to happen again this year. So, yeah, you, you kind of, as you project these guys, you know, you, you see some talent. Certainly, uh, you know, Texier's goal-scoring talent, I think, has been evident at times. Uh, same with Bemstrom, certainly, as the year went on. I, Foodie certainly did not look out of place when he came up. I'm still a big believer in, in Trey Fix 
Alex Wolanski at some point coming up and yeah. being a pretty productive goal scorer. Uh, and you mentioned obviously the Russians down the road, and even you know guys like like Robinson and Stenlin look you know they can put some pucks in nets here a little bit. But but you know I think back to when that Artemi Panarin trade was made uh, a couple years ago, and the, the stated reason was you know they needed a game breaker, they needed uh, a top line bona fide guy. Uh, to come in and really be, you know, to, to win playoff series, as Tom just said, uh, you ca- you have to have a couple of those really upper echelon guys. And I think I think Dubois is getting there. I think he's pretty legitimately a first line center in the NHL going forward. I think you could argue Bjorkstrand uh, is a first line winger going forward. Uh, the way he played uh, the last probably you know 20 games that he has played this season. Uh, but you know, do you have do you, do you need another one of those guys, or maybe two more of guys kind of at that level? And are they in that group? You know, what is the ceiling uh, of the guys coming up? You know, it's a, it's a great point there, Porty, that you said as far as kind of the turnover that's going to happen over the next two seasons. And the question is, you know, is will one of those or two of those guys step up? And and if they do, you add that to the you know the guys that they already have, plus the you know the Zach Wierenskis and Seth Jones who can drive offense from the blue line. Uh, then I think you've got a pretty good chance to be really really good and and really able to to fill up the net and then obviously you hope you know cam kind of maybe has a a, a bounce back going forward uh, where he just didn't quite score as much this year as he had in past years so you can kind of see it develop and how it can look down the road but you know the million dollar question really is you know yeah is there is there a game breaker in this group among the young guys because you know that that's you, you're right you're absolutely right you need, you need some of those guys to make it happen at the highest level which is what they're trying to get to yeah this team just has worked so hard to score goals and there are other teams that have players that just make it look so easy and pull it right out of thin air. And, and Panarin did that a couple times, certainly has done that a couple times in the playoffs for them the last couple of years. But as you all know, he is no longer here. So the search is on for the next Panarin or the next couple of Panarins. Maybe it is Marchenko. And to Tom's point, maybe it comes earlier than that because they've, they've got uh, some moves to make uh, in the months to follow. Uh, anything else we need to get to, gang? I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Jeff Sabota, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for the invite. It's a lot of fun. And we'll do it more often. Allison, always a pleasure. Tom, thanks for yeah. tuning in from the garage. How is the garage tonight, Tom? Uh, well, this morning it's really good, Aaron. It's Oh, um, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't swear at this hour. There's kids listening. Early How is the garage? How is the garage this morning, Tom? It's wonderful. It's, it's it's actually been cleaned out a little, which kind of hurts its hurts its street cred, but you know the cigar smoke makes it better. So all good. Excellent. Th- this all kind right, of well, felt like a felt like a little garage get together here, right? You know, I must it, say it did. I wouldn't know. I've never been invited. Yeah. Well, as soon as as soon as this uh, all ends, I, I mentioned this uh, to Aaron earlier. I think we need to do maybe even we can't do it. I don't. I guess we don't have our own network to do a simulcast. At some point, we need to get together and maybe uh, do one of these podcasts out of the garage. Allison, it makes you feel better. I've never been to the garage either. I thought you had been. Oh, oh. he's been over. He's been over here shooting raccoon or possum or something. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I've never been. I've never gotten the magic words from Tom. Would you like to step into the garage? Ever? Well, it wasn't the dirty garage when you were over here plugging varmint. <laughs> Someday, this is going to lead to the story of the holiday party that didn't happen. Thanks to Tom. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that might be a podcast for a different time. <laughs> uh, we better get out of here. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. Keep checking out the site. We're still cranking up uh, stories and and uh, lots of interesting stuff to read. So stick with us. We'll, st- we'll uh, keep cranking these out, and we'll talk to you soon. Look. 
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.